Hi, and thanks for joining us again on our podcast. We love that you've decided to spend the best part of the next hour to be with us as we talk about intentionality. By the way, with Christmas looming large, we hope that you are turning your intention to buy Trevor's book that this podcast is based on into reality. Just pop onto Amazon, search for Becoming Mandela, and you're a couple of clicks away from having the book drop through your door. I'm sure there are a number of people you can think of who would love a copy. Now, I don't know about you, but there is often a gap between my intentions and my actions. Just like I struggle to keep my resolutions beyond the end of January. So that's part of what Trevor explains in this episode. And that's why I think it's important to distinguish between resolutions. And and I think we have many varieties of that. I think, you know, our idealism, our fantasy, our good ideas. I think we are often full of good ideas. Oh, I want to write a book. Oh, I want to travel. I want to do this. Or I'd love to learn a language. I want to do that. We're full of those kind of good ideas. That's not intentional. Intentional is when I say, this idea has to happen. Has to happen. Powerful stuff. And there's more of that to come. But before we dive in, can I just remind you to subscribe to the podcast? Leave us a review in iTunes. It really does help. Or give us a rating. Or even share the podcast on social media too. Trevor and I would be so grateful. Okay. Let's get on with the show. Hey everyone, well thanks again for joining us and um, I don't know about you but I love the conversation that we had last time where we were talking about our passionate purpose so I'm really hoping that you're um, you're inspired uh, by that and that we're going to now continue the conversation, we're going to look at how we help to make our and find our passionate pur- purpose and put that into action. So we're moving on to uh, number six in our series and this is about the skill of how do we be, be intentional? How do we make things happen? So that's the sort of the the theme of this of this evening and this talk that we're going to uh, conversation that we're now going to have. So, so Trevor, I suppose when where we start with this when when in the chapter in the book is is talking about looking at life as a classroom. So, which I think is a lovely idea. So, 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 talk, talk us through that sort of concept to get us going. Tonight. Yeah, I've thought long and hard about you know where where do you where do you learn to become your own unique version of Mandela? Where do you learn to become the best version of yourself? And I'd been thinking about, of course, normally when you go to school, you'd say, "Well, I learn in a classroom," but I thought, "Well, life is the classroom, isn't it? Life is." the classroom that we go to every day from the moment that we wake up to when we fall asleep uh, that provides us with this classroom because everything we need to grow is in the day. <laughs> everything is there. All of the circumstances and encouragements and challenges and issues and all the things that prod us and poke us and kind of expose us and our weakness and our vulnerabilities, confirm us in our strengths want to dig in and help us kind of create more depth or more resilience. It's all in what happened today. So that that's where the idea of life being the classroom kind of came from. 
And I suppose it's a bit back to something that we talked about last time when we talked about that, you know, our, our purpose is partly down to us and our actions, but it's also down to the kind of the life push that, that, that life gives us. And I suppose partly it's, um, we can't necessarily stop or influence the things that happen to us, but we can learn from them and act off the back of them. Yes. And that's happening all the time. And often I find myself getting kind of a bit, I was going to say upset, whatever, when you kind of think everything's going fine and then someone says something or does something. So I was just doing a bit of gardening yesterday and uh, Jane came out and she said, she started talking about uh, some previous relationship we'd been involved in that hadn't particularly ended well. And and she started talking about forgiveness and, you know, have we really forgiven them? And and I, I kind of found myself thinking, but what, me? I don't want to, you know, I, well, I don't have anything to, and she was like, well, that's the point, isn't it? Your reaction is the point. And suddenly you're like, well, I'm in the classroom, aren't I? What am I going to do with this? Because yeah. it's like, well, yeah, there was that relationship. Well, I could be defensive and I could keep the classroom door shut or I could say, okay, what is it? What do I need to look at? What can I learn? And, you know, we had a good discussion about it. I thought, well, actually, there is something I can do. So I've written it. It's on my desk in front of me right now. Here's an action that I can take. So I, I think that's, for me, is that interaction with life is constantly provoking us in unexpected ways to learn these attributes. Sure. And I think one of the things that we, or you unpick in the book, is this this idea that, you know, if we're intentional about our purpose, um, it's down to us to make it happen. You know, if we that mm. that's what intention, uh, I suppose, is is all about. And I think, however, some of us find that really hard, don't we, to put that in? I mean, you, you know, you talk about the fact that you realise that actually meditation was something that was really useful for for you to do as an individual, mm. but yet actually finding the time to to allocate. For meditation was actually really hard and it wasn't something that you did until until you know later on uh in life so so why is it that we find these things so hard we know they're good for us yes, but we find it so great hard question to do. which and i don't think i've got the full answer to that at all i can just give some thoughts i just to say i think to me the underlying driver behind this whole chapter was a good life or a great life does not happen by accident right it's not an accident it's because that we get intentional. And that might be intentional about what we want to achieve, or it might be intentional about who we want to become. So I'm just trying to think of some examples of that. So I, I was trying to think when my kids were very young, I was asking myself, what kind of relationship do I want with them when they're older? Where do I want to be? So the issue of intentionality for me starts with the vision, if you like. Right. What's the end? What's the bigger purpose here? Because the opposite of that is I don't think about it. I get up in the morning, my kids, you know, let's say they were five years old and one year old at the time, and I get up and we do what we need to do with the kids and we have a day and we go to bed and that was that day done and we do it again tomorrow and we do it again tomorrow. That, that is an unintentional life. That's just letting life happen, going along with the flow, not really thinking about it. Intentional for me means, me meant saying, what kind of relationship do you want to be having? Because I thought there's going to be good days and bad days. There's going to be good periods and bad periods of our relationship and ups and downs. I thought, well, 
The thing I want most of all is that I have a relationship with them, that we are still talking and able to have conversation. Right. Even if they're difficult conversations and ones that we want to avoid, that we can have the conversation. I thought the worst thing to happen would be if we get to a place where we're not speaking or can't have those conversations. So that was the vision, which then creates the intent. Okay, so what do you need to do, Trevor, to end up there? Because there have been times when I've been so <laughs> furious with them, I didn't <laughs> want to talk to them. Or, you know, I wanted to be vengeful or something. And yeah. I, I could have made my own pride more important than keeping the relationship. But sure. I kept it in mind thinking, no, I want the relationship. All right. So swallow your pride there. Bite down on this one because there's something that's more important. So that would be an example for me of tr trying to buy intentionality out of a situation. Sure. And I suppose it's, um, I think, again, one of the analogies you talk about is if we've got this intentionality about how we want to uh, live out our lives or the person that we want to be, then it's a little bit like New Year's resolutions, isn't it? Mm. And you, you talk about the New Year's resolutions. Yeah. And, and the danger is that we kind of, we set ourselves this target. And then, you know, typically with New Year's resolutions, certainly with me, if it gets to the end of... Um, January and I'm still still doing it uh then that, then that's a real achievement and I think it's because we kind of set measurements and none of us like failure so then when we when we fail we feel like well that's no good because I failed at that so we want to give up and we and we kind of move on and we forget about the new year's resolutions and you talked about um this great idea about that that someone had a, that spoke to you at a dinner party or whatever or around around new new, new year at one point where um they were they were they didn't actually set resolutions, but they did something else around setting a kind of values for the year. So, which I thought was a great concept. Yes, I, I found it fascinating, and and that's why I think it's important to distinguish between resolutions, and and I think we have many varieties of that. I think you know our idealism, our fantasy, our good ideas. I think we are often full of good ideas. Oh, I want to write a book. Oh, I want to travel. I want to do this. Or I'd love to learn a language. I want to do that. We're full of those kind of good ideas. That's not intentional. Right. Intentional is when I say this idea has to happen. Has to happen. Um, and so for me, like I write not because, um, oh, it's a nice idea. I write because I have to. I actually, it's part of my own mental and emotional health. I have to write, so I make the time to do it. Um, and this New Year's Eve discussion went on. I said to this um, friend, one of my sons who was over, I said, well, what, you know, what's your New Year's resolution? She said, I don't do resolutions because of the reasons you just said. She said, I do values. So I was curious. And she said, yeah, she said, I choose a value of who I want to become. So this sits at the heart of becoming Mandela, actually, choosing all the attributes that we're working our way through here week by week and the book works through. She said, I would choose a value. So let's say you might say humility. Mm -hmm. So what I choose is humility. And then I make humility the learning project of the year. So then it's not, oh, I didn't do this today and therefore I've failed and, and give up. It's much more... Am I working on this? Did I take a little step? 
and humility, humility would be a good example. Maybe I acted in a prideful way, so then I went and apologized as a way of developing humility. So sure. it becomes a, a daily practice and a way that you can keep saying, well, what about humility today? What have I done? What were the situations? Oh, yeah, there was that situation when someone asked me and I bigged myself up. I don't really need to do that. Why did I do that? Well, because I wanted to make myself look a little bit bigger. Okay, well, that's that wasn't humility, was it? No, it wasn't. So that's how she approached the year, which I thought was a, a great idea. So part of this is we we need to be intentional about the the values of the individual that we want to become yes. and, and find ways of actually practicing that on a daily or a weekly basis and that will help us to make those become part of our habit that that's really mm. uh, at the heart of what we're talking about and i think the other sort of one of the other concepts that you talked about was the was and i when i was reading it i it just kept thinking of the the nike philosophy which is uh which is just do it and so there's an element of where you've got to to just do it and i think that comes from the fact that sometimes you need to set out on the journey without actually knowing how you're going to get to the final destination. And I think that's that's quite powerful. I think a lot of times I can look back at situations in my life where, yeah, I've I've put off doing something because I'm not quite sure how I'm going to get to the to the end game. And sometimes you need you need to actually get to that position where you start and begin the journey and work it out whilst you're mm. on the way. So I think there's two bits to that. One is I think we need a, a what I call a bigger yes. We need something that is more important to us than not doing it. So the reason why I started meditating every day in the end was because I knew my health was suffering. Right. It was that clear to me. I thought if I don't do something, this is going to have big consequences. So I suddenly couldn't afford not to do it been talking about it for a long time and read about it and understood the values of it and could see the benefit in others but suddenly it shifted to the bigger yes i have to do this this so the first bit is that so there's this bigger yes we can come back to that but then i think it comes down to take the first step just like you say nike just do it do something and i wonder whether one of the reasons we don't do that is because we don't know the second step, the third step, and the fourth step. So we don't know. Or our minds are running on, thinking, oh, well, if I do that, what will happen? So let's give an example. Um, let's say I want to write a short story. And because right. I'd love to write a short story and I'd love to get it published, for example. And then you come back and ask me six months later, have you written the short story? No. Well, why haven't you done that? Well, because I don't know who's going to buy it. And I don't know who's going to publish it. And where, where would I do it? Would I do it online or would I do it self print or do do I need an agent oh, and what I'm doing is I've already run on 20 steps down the road and I'm stopping myself because I'm not answering questions 19 20 and 21 it's stopping me from doing question one which is so why don't you just write down what your idea is I spoke to someone the other day just using an example of writing and they said, oh, I've got this whole idea. And it was I thought it was a brilliant idea. It's all about the, the huge need and lack of fathers and what effect that has in society. Right. A huge issue. And he was like, well, I don't know what the chapter heading is going to be and, 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 you know, what shape would it be? And I said, well, don't worry about that. I said, just write. Mm -hmm. And I said, just grab bits of paper and just write down ideas. Just keep writing scraps. And I said, eventually themes will emerge. But just... 
allow the mess to come. And I'm using artistic examples. The person said, oh, I wish I, wish I could be an artist, you know. And he said, well, why don't you just draw? Oh, I couldn't draw, you know, because it's such it would be such a mess. Well, of course, you can draw. Everybody can actually draw. If you can hold a pencil and draw a line with a pencil, you can draw. You've got the motor skill. So something within us is telling us a lie. So pick up the pen and you say, well, yeah, I tried to draw a cat, but it doesn't really look like a cat. Well, why does that matter? You know, that's a whole judgment thing. It's, and all of that comes into play and stops us from trying to draw another cat another day and keep keep us going. It's so I, I, uh, and you'll appreciate this as a, a tennis fan, that uh, Venus Williams, when she won Wimbledon the first time, she said, most times when I lose, it's because I defeat myself. Mm. And I think that's the issue with this is we have a great idea but we defeat ourselves by not taking that first step. And the power is in the taking the step. The power of the intentionality is the doing of it. And the famous philosopher Goethe said, until you commit, you know, until you put the toe in the water, the pen on the paper, the brush on the canvas, the tennis ball in the hat, whatever it may be, until you commit, then nothing's going to happen. But the moment you commit, um, his phrase is almost the gods conspire mm. with you. Suddenly, energy is released and you find momentum and movement that you didn't know was there. So, you know, Nike's right. Just do it. Just do it because there is power in it. And I think sometimes I remember when reading it, um, the thing that struck me is maybe we're missing out on so many adventures by finding reasons not to do stuff. And I was sort of trying to think back, for examples, in, in my life. And I, and I remember, um, you know, the ash cloud came down and, and stopped all flights. Um, well, I happened to be, when that happened, I was at a spa conference, um, which is the business that I work in, in Split, in Croatia. And um, so, yeah, the, the, the ash cloud, I think, happened on the Friday. We were due to fly home on the Saturday. And Saturday morning, all the flights were cancelled. and um, so I stayed actually where I was because lots of people were rushing off and doing all these, you know, madcap things to try and get back. And I just decided if we were in split in Croatia, by the time we got to the Euro tunnel, we would be at the back of a very long queue and, you know, no, no hotel rooms. And I just foresaw that being a disaster. So I just decided to stay put and to see, to see what happened. And, um, but it got to about the, you know, the middle of the next week and I was thinking this isn't looking great for everybody at home that I'm kind of at this beautiful hotel resort in Split I need to start to think about how to go home but the planes were still not flying and there was no idea when it was going to happen so I started out on this journey just thinking well how will I let's just try and see if we can find a way home and um it took me four days actually to get to get home but I started off Go, getting a taxi into into Belgrade and then there was the chance to get an overnight train and I ended up in Venice and then from Venice I went to Milan and 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 actually it was it was yeah it was a real adventure and in the end we got to Milan we were supposed to be getting a train to Geneva the train broke down we got off the train and then the the plane started flying and we managed to get a flight home from from Milan but it was um it would have been very easy to have come up with all the excuses to have to have just stayed where I was, and um, but I had to start the journey without necessarily knowing how I was going. I was going to get there. Yes, I mean, and I love stories like that because uh, um, 
I suppose I love to live like that. We were stuck in Malawi in the same event, trying to work out how to get home. But I, I'm I'm aware in that though, Dave, is the issue of personality. Right. So I know that I've got the kind of personality that if you put me in that situation, I love to figure it out. I love to work it out. It actually gives me a buzz. But I also know very good friends who it would totally freak them out that they didn't know. So I think the intentionality has to work with different personality types. And and I think it can because I think we can create structure where there isn't structure. So you could sit down with someone and say, well, let's get a piece of paper and let's write a plan. We can go here and on day one, they will do this and day two, we'll go to Venice. And then from Venice, we can get here. We've got an option of going to Switzerland or there. And do. And you could actually write it out as a plan. So the structure could be seen and followed. Sure. And, and some people need to see that. But I think I was reminded just even when you were saying that. So uh, Emerging Leader was up and going and we were... Uh, we'd kind of reached a, not a plateau, I would say a crucial watershed and where we were in our growth. And up to then, all the trips that we'd done, we'd gone from the UK, flown out to a country, done the work, come back, out country, come back. That's how it was. And we reached the point where we just thought, you know what? We cannot grow the work in Kenya from England. We have to be in Kenya. And it's suddenly like, oh, well, you mean like, move to Kenya <laughs> and I remember I can remember exactly where I was so we were in a cafe Jane and I in a cafe it was called the Oxford doesn't exist anymore in Oxford where we lived at the time and I just remember Jane and I bashing that out and she said well well why not why don't we and it was suddenly like well yeah why not and all the reasons that would stop you doing it you realize None of them were really valid. All of them were answerable. We could do this. We could fix that. And we could tick that box, yeah. sort this out. And everything could be. And within a short space of time, we were living in Kenya. But that's the intentionality, I think, of the bigger picture. The bigger picture was we wanted to create the next level of platform for the work of emerging leaders. That was the bigger yes. And to do that, it was like, okay, we got to get intentional here. What are we going to do? So let's go back and talk about Mandela because one of the ways where he was intentional in his life is that when he was in prison, he learned Afrikaans, um, which caused him some angst amongst the fellow prisoners that were there. But he he determined that that was important so that he could talk to the guards and the people that were holding him uh, in prison in their in their language. And and later on, it came to be really help him achieve his ultimate purpose because he could negotiate with the clerk in, in, yes. in Afrikaans. So so that's a great example, isn't it, of um, uh, of how he was intentional. I think his whole life is one of intentionality. And that's why um, I, I've used this as a whole chapter in terms of becoming Mandela, because I think it is a, a universal characteristic to learn. I mean, Take another example. Um, uh, we've said before that when they came to Robin Island, they were told you're not going to come out of here alive. So everything was designed to humiliate and destroy, and it did destroy some. So there was one day where the guards said, you've got to take all these rocks from this side of the island and take them all the way over, carry them to the other side of the island. That's today's work. And uh, Robin Island is utterly exposed island, and in the summer it's just the sun beating down you. So they spent the day carrying these rocks 
across the island and put them down, did the job, great. At which point the guard says, okay, now take them all back again. And of course, everyone's fuming and screaming and whatever. And Mandela says, no, let's use this as a classroom, as a learning opportunity. Both in terms of our own character and our courage, but to show them that our hearts are bigger than theirs. Wow. That's what we want to do. So there was a huge intentionality, even in captivity, is we want to demonstrate a bigger heart. We want to demonstrate the rainbow nation that we desire to see where everybody is equal and treated with dignity, even if we don't live to see it. That's what we're going to do. And um, all the way through, so he becomes president and um, it's the World Cup, isn't it? Mm. When he's president. And there is this iconic moment when Mandela comes out and he does two things. He's wearing the Springboks shirt, yeah, which all the white South Africans identify with as theirs, and he's wearing it. So he is now taking that emblem and saying, no, it is ours. And at the same time, he does the fist, which is saying to the black South Africans, we are together in this. Yeah. So in that one act of intentionality, just thinking about he thought about how am i going to just step out into my seat in that stadium he thought about it. it was very intentional but it was it redefined in one action what the future of south africa was to look like yeah it's a wonderful story so so what's the x factor then what nudges us over the line from kind of the new year's resolution kind of i'm going to try and do this mode into sort of the intentionality mode. I'm going to keep coming back to the bigger yes. Right. You've got to want something more than you currently have. So, so explain what you mean by the bigger yes, because I because I think that's a really powerful idea. It's it, so, so just explain that a little bit more. So a bigger yes. Well, we say yes to lots of things. Um, you know, I want to be fit. I want to be healthy. I want to eat this. I want to do that. I want to go here. I want to go there. And our lives are full of things that we have chosen to do and we chose to do them every day. So the question is, what's going to be powerful enough to enable me to make a different choice? Something has got to be more important than the choices that I am currently making. Otherwise, I'm just going to keep on making the same choices or um, it's going to end up as a wish list that I do nothing about, you know, the good resolutions thing. So I need to have some picture in my mind, a vision of who I want to become. In a sense, that's the whole ethos underlying this book. Who do you want to become? What's the bigger yes? Who, what's the life that you want to leave behind that people will look at and say, this was you? So I use the example of uh, meditating as an example. So I started meditating because... literally staying alive was more important than uh, not meditating and I, I absolutely remember the day I thought if I don't do this it'll probably kill me and right. I started the very next morning and I, I don't I don't question when I get out of bed in the morning because I've answered that bigger question yeah. About why I do it. Now, do I get out in the morning and do piano practice? No, I don't. 
Do I get out in the morning and do French lessons? No, I don't. So uh, there are some things where I think, oh, that would be really nice, but I don't do. Yeah. Because I don't have a bigger yes yet for those things. Now, when I was young, I did. I worked in Austria. I worked in international youth work. It went really well. I was told I could come back and, and run the house parties for this whole European scene. If I learned German, well, I failed French. So I, I was like, I'm not exactly the world's best at languages. But because I was being offered the chance of a lifetime to come back the following summer and do this amazing youth work, I learned German because I had a bigger yes. So yeah. that's what I mean. Yeah. And I guess it's almost if you're going to say no to something, that's okay, but you better have a bigger yes yeah. to something else. Yeah, and I'd flip that. I'd say you can't say no until you have a bigger yes. You've yeah. got to have something more important. Then you can say no. Great. So I suppose tied in with this intentionality is is the idea of discipline because, you know, you talked about every day hmm. you, you meditate. So that's a... Uh, that's becoming a bit of a discipline, isn't it? And so I think that that as a skill has a real role to play in our intentionality, does it? Yes, I think so. And I think we'll probably weave this in. It might be just worth saying that as we go through Mandela, you'll see everything fits together. I mean, obviously, they're deconstructed into chapters because that's the way it's easy to read things. But who we are as human beings is a, is a whole, an integrated whole. We are not a series of 22 chapters. Um so we will see this theme weaving itself in and out. So discipline we'll come back to, but it's certainly a crucial issue around intentionality. And, and discipline is simply that daily act of taking a step that will get you to where you want to get to. Right. So I know it's a stupid example, you know, so if you want healthy teeth, you're going to clean your teeth every morning. Mm -hmm. It's a simple steps, no big shakes. The world is not going to stop. You clean your teeth. And you do that every day. That's a discipline because you want good oral health. So discipline is around that. It's like that daily training that you do to develop in that particular area that you want to develop. And I think that's what you see in Mandela is the daily practices, which are often little things, not big things. And for some people, it might be reading one page of a book every day yeah because that will get you somewhere just wishing you could read amazing books and never reading anything well you'll still end up having read no books but the discipline of saying right i'm going to read a page a book a day whatever that you come up with is a simple action so i think discipline is is a huge part of it and i think courage sits in there as well because courage, you know, comes from the French word heart. I think it takes some heart sure. within us, some passion, some energy to say, right, I'm gonna I'm gonna do this. So we're coming towards the end where we need to sort of look, give this homework and the and um leave people with the questions to go away and consider. I think it's been a it's been a fascinating insight into how we can be more intentional about what we do. And I know that in the book, you finish with this wonderful quote from Nancy Hollander, a civil rights lawyer. So, so let's, um, let's just share and talk a bit about that as we, sure. uh, as we come to an end. So Nancy Hollander, civil rights lawyer, best known for her work with um, people incarcerated in Guantanamo Bay. Um, and uh, she really dug into the injustice behind that. But she is a jujitsu expert, so a lawyer not to be messed with. Yeah. Uh, and she said this. She said, whatever you do, do it with intent. 
just one good punch is better than 20 that didn't have any intention behind them. Don't do something unless you mean it. Don't do something unless you're committed. And I, I love that quote because it just captures it really. I think it's brilliant. It reminds me, it's similar, I suppose, to the Michael Jordan quote about, you know, I miss 100% of the shots that I didn't take. It's kind of, you know, you, 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 you need to have some shots, you'll miss some, but actually you, you'll, you'll miss all of the ones that you don't take mm. for sure. So, so Trevor, as ever, we, we love to end these podcasts by, um, by throwing out a few questions that people can take away, consider themselves, consider, you know, on yourself, if you're, if you're walking uh, the dog or you're driving, and you're not with anyone, then, then contemplate that yourself or alternatively have us around the dinner table. So, um, yes, so let's throw the, throw the yes. questions out and I'll, um, I'll, I'll sort of have my stab. At yeah. Some. Well, the first question, Dave, at the end of that chapter for you to think about is where do you feel that you demonstrate good intentionality and where don't you? Sure. So I think for me, I had challenges in the past of wanting to devote a relatively decent amount of time to my family life, but not actually doing that. You know, I've got a business that I run and, and that just by nature of it means it's, it's quite demanding. It's, you know, we run health clubs and day spas. They're open from seven in the morning to 10 at night. They're open seven days a week. So, so, um, it's easy to get wrapped up in what's going on. I think, however, um, certainly as my children have, have got older, that I've been far better uh, at my intention of creating family time. So I, from quite a young age, I decided that I was going to set up this idea of a dad and daughter day. So um, every year, I set aside a full day where we go with just one of my one of my children, and we just go and have a day, just doing stuff together, and it creates the space to have conversations that we wouldn't normally have. Um, and it's something that I've carried through, and it's I think earned me the right that as they've got. Older, I mean, when they were, when they were five, they were dead keen for any time with 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 dad. Uh, I think as they get into the teenage life, time with dad becomes less attractive to them. But I've kind of created that as a concept, so actually they're really up for it now, even though they're sixteen and thirteen. But more than that, I think we I've created space in my diary every week to make sure that you know we do have time together and you know Sunday evenings is our time we sit around as a family and so yeah I think I think intentionality is for me has worked well with with my family time and I think partly because uh, like you I'd like to stay alive and and partly because of the industry that I'm in exercise is something that that I've been really intentional about over the last 10 years or so and 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 really good about and and so um in terms of being able to make sure that I've set aside time to to make sure that I exercise I'm guessing also you're probably going to say so what are the things that you Yeah well you're that's not it. So where, where are you not so intentional because <laughs> it's easy to talk about the things you are intentional it's it's less comfortable talking about the things that you're not uh not so good so I mean I love reading and I get I get a lot out of reading um but I still am really bad at, at reading so here we are. We're coming towards the uh, the end of the year. I set myself a target of of reading four books, which is not a great deal uh, over the course of twelve months. And um, and I'm about halfway through book three. So so you know I've got to get a move on if I'm gonna I'm gonna eat that target. So I think I need to be better at allocating time for 
for my own self-development and through reading or whatever that might be. And I think also more more time with my friends. So I've got the family bit sorted out, but probably not not good enough at spending time with friends and developing the other relationships that, I, that I've got you know, outside of the family because I think that's really important as well. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. So I, I know we'll come back to this in, in an actual chapter on discipline, but just we've touched on discipline in this conversation. And sometimes the word discipline has got a bit of a bad press, really, a bit of a dirty word, <laughs> very unattractive. So, so how do you take a word like discipline and make it attractive to your own life? So I think for me, it's about being being goal orientated. So, so for me, a discipline like exercise, I make that more attractive, if you like, by you know, for example, I've got a my zone belt. It's a, a wearable bit of technology that measures your heartbeat, and it measures how high your heart is beating compared to your maximum, and therefore gives you my zone effort points and. World Health Organization has said you need, for a healthy lifestyle, you need to achieve at least 1,300 effort points per month. So so I wear this belt, and that makes sure that by hook or by crook, you know, I've got my 1,300 in. And it's very good because it kind of gets you to different statuses. So gold, silver, bronze, platinum, diamond. And, and the longer you go on every month achieving that, the higher up you go. So I've been doing this now for a few years. So I'm a Hall of Fame, Trevor. It's the only thing I've ever been <laughs> Hall of Fame at. So I'm a Hall of Fame. But if you miss a month, then you kind of, you've got to go back and start again. So, yeah, I have been known on the last day of the of the month to be out there kind of running up and down on the spot, just trying to make sure I get those last few maps to get over the line. So, so I think having something that that is measurable and is goal orientated, that works for me. And I realize that wouldn't work for everybody, but for me, if, if I'm going to be disciplined about something, I need goals and rewards, whether that be 1300 my zone points or setting myself a target of running a set number of miles a year. And then that means I'm going to make sure I'm going to, I'm going to do that. So Great. And if, like last time, I could push you a little bit harder on the last question, is if you could choose one area of your life in terms of who Dave Cortine is becoming, what one area of your life do you want to be more intentional about? Right here, right now, I'd say that that is my faith. So, you know, I've had a, a strong Christian faith for the last 25 years or so. And like anything, um, and like many people, that sort of has gone in in waves, and probably for a number of reasons, lockdown, all those sorts of things. I just feel like that is something I still is feels strong. I still describe the fact I've got a strong faith, but I need to be more intentional about that, and and that's something that it's still there and it happens. And I listen to podcasts and I pray, but but the it's haphazard. And so I think that is an important part of of my life and everyone's life is, is around, we've all got some kind of faith. And I think that's something that I need to be more. So what would be the bigger yes for you that would kick that intentionality into action? That's a good question. I, I guess that is, that is understanding the importance of what faith gives me. And reminding myself of, of that, um, and I think probably getting into um, ensuring that I've got a group around me that 
that works on me with that. So, so you know, having some kind of goal or way of living out my faith would probably be the the big yes that I need to find. Great, thank you. Well, listen, that's been um, that's some challenging questions for you to go away and and contemplate there. But as ever, thanks so much for joining us. We really hope you've uh, you've enjoyed our conversation. We'll be back to look at another one of these attributes that that you need to evolve and develop in order to become the best version of yourself. So we'll see you soon. Mm-hmm.